Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Yo, what's going on? This is episode 49 of Breaker Culture Weekly. I hope you're doing well. I am definitely doing well because I have the privilege of recording tonight from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I'm here with my family on vacation. And uh, this is one of the cities we make a priority to come to every single year if we can. Uh, it is a hidden, it's really not hidden anymore, it's a gym. It's a gym that if you live in America, you need to, you need to find a way to spend some time here because it's just a great quaint, amazing city. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Steamboat Springs. We're here to talk about the release of 2019 Topps Heritage Baseball, which comes out uh, in about 36 hours. And look, I there's a lot of people that we could talk to um, to break down heritage, but there's really no one as familiar and experienced with heritage baseball than Brent Williams uh, from Britton Becca. If you don't know Britton Becca, Britton Becca has been doing... Um, eBay rip, rip and flips and, and rip and flips in massive quantities for 20 plus years. Um, and he's been doing heritage since heritage began in 2001. So, um, you'll notice this really quickly when Brent talks, um, he has, he, he has an analytical mind and he, he remembers just about everything about, about these past products. And it's super helpful because the products that we all deal with, they've evolved, they continue to evolve and they have to evolve and heritage uh, especially over the last four or five years, has has begun evolving into a product that some of us continue to love, and I'd say most of us continue to love, and some of us kind of have little frustrations with. And um, this year is no different. There are some frustrations with 2019 top series that we're going to have to deal with. There's also some good things that uh, that hopefully will come out of this product, and that will make this another great year for Heritage Baseball. But we spend uh, we spend quite a bit of time breaking down Heritage Baseball. We also talk through. Brent's past. We break down some other products, some some things that he collects. And uh, look, you're going to love getting to know Brent. Uh, again, one of the great guys in the hobby and uh, a guy that I always have respected since I've been involved in the hobby the last decade. So enjoy the conversation. Get a pen and, and piece of paper out and, and jot down some notes and and uh, and get super excited because Heritage Baseball is hitting the streets and it's a great week. Um, other than that, I'll be back in the, the week. Hopefully, we'll have some new content out by the end of the week um, on BreakerCulture.com or follow us on Twitter at BreakerCulture, and we'll catch you there. Enjoy the conversation with Brent. See ya. Brent, how you doing, man? Good, Ty. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah. I'm sitting here in Steamboat with a family. It's the first time I've ever recorded a podcast not in Kansas City. So on the road. On the road, exactly. It's dark out, but if I looked out the window, I could see this nice ski slopes, and it's pretty pretty impressive. It's, yeah, uh, I bet it's a sight to see. It is. My, uh, so four of my five kids skied this, this trip. It's the first time we've taken all five kids on the trip. Wow. And uh, – they knocked out about seven o'clock. They were so tired after lessons. <laughs> Secret sauce. <laughs> uh, awesome. But anyway, yeah. So I don't know. Mo- most people probably know you from Brent and Becca, I would assume. 
But if they yeah, if they probably. don't, how dare them? Uh, but <laughs> how long okay. how long you been doing this? Twenty years? Is that? Yeah, technically, uh, we're twenty two years on eBay. Uh, I was breaking cases twenty two years ago, but I yeah. mean, not as near as heavy as this, obviously. Wow. So, how many years have you been doing heritage? Since the beginning, heritage since two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. Um, I did a few cases in two thousand one. I honestly can't recall what I did in two thousand two. I don't know if I did any cases in two thousand two, and maybe not two thousand three. I did a, like a box or two. Uh, I think the first ones I thought they were kind of boring. You know, they, yeah, <laughs> wasn't much to them. And I'm like, I don't want all these base ones. Uh, but boy, <laughs> was I wrong. I, I wish I would have you know gone heavier those years. But uh, then it really started to pick up. But as far as I've, I think I've opened at least 40 cases of Heritage um, every year since 2000. It's either six or seven. I I lost my records prior to 2009 um, when I lost a computer. So I'm not, I can't remember which, which year I went. It probably was 2006, though, I want to think. Wow. But, and I got those from Blowout, from Chris at Blowout years and years ago and back then there wasn't a rush to get them in hand or open them so i would order them in waves i think i ordered like 20 cases and i went back and he only had like 15 so i took 15 and then like a month later he was like i got 10 more so i took 10 more it wasn't all getting them at once you know it was kind of kind of a different ball game back then no kidding did you keep grabbing them in waves because you were just doing so well with it or because you were just trying to fill demand yeah it was the demand yeah yeah it would sell through the sets you know they're not like base tops where you open a jumbo box to get a set. Um, you know, you had to open several boxes to get a base set. So yeah, I wasn't making as many sets as I kind of needed and they kept selling and selling and more people would be like, Hey, do you have more of this? I'm like, no, but I can get some. <laughs> so yeah, that's how, old days were way different than this now. No kidding. So really since the beginning, Heritage has been the set product. I, I didn't realize that even back. Yeah. To 2001. It's, it's always done pretty well for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So, what's your favorite year of heritage any come to mind oh man yeah you would ask that i mean there's a lot um i mean i like the early ones obviously the classic design yeah oh man i'm trying to look i need to get my pc out and see because some <laughs> no years worries. i have more autographs of but there was a set oh shoot you'd ask me the year oh yeah i believe it was six years ago it might have been five but there was just a lot more Hall of Fame autographs. And I, granted, there was always been Hall of Fame autographs, but right. there was just a little bit more. And I, I collect the red ink autographs. And so I was really going for those that year. And I can't remember. I think it was it's probably six years ago now since we're in 2019. But don't quote me on that, although we're on the podcast. I'm just <laughs> oh, you'll be quoted. Don't worry. This. It's around that year, 2013, <laughs> 14. It actually could have been 2012 now because – uh, the Ginter years were also amazing that year. It it was a year right before. Sorry, I don't want to drag this on, but if you remember, one year Tops did something crazy with Heritage. Mm -hmm. It had always been mostly retired guys and then a few current guys. But then for one year, they put in '80s guys. There was a Mattingly autograph and Eric Davis, and it was like, what? Why are these guys on the checklist? Bo Jackson, which never showed up. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, so it was the year before that, and then that year. Those two years were my favorite because just just from collecting the autographs. Gotcha. So, so you, I remember you saying that years ago when we talked. You you still collect the red ink? Not. I don't go for the whole set anymore. Okay. Um, two reasons. Um, 
one, it got too, too, <laughs> too costly because a lot of the stars now aren't numbered to the year. As most people know, they're numbered to 25 or even 10. Mm-hmm. I think there's even a few now that are numbered to five. And so those become very difficult to find and very pricey. Um, and the second reason is just a lot of repetitive autographs over the years. And since I also collect the museum collections autographs and the Allen and Ginter number to 10 red ink frame, I was like, you know, I, I really shouldn't continue going for the full set maybe. Right. You know, so yeah. Nice. Well, so what, what else does your collection consist of? Do you, I mean, obviously those are two big products right there, but anything a else? A lot that... of worthless Razorback cards. Okay. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit how much I don't want to put a number on it, but I spent so much money on Darren McFadden and Felix Jones, which are um, went to the NFL, played college football here at Arkansas. Oh yeah. Uh, back a ways, I spent so much money. I was chasing not only every card produced, but every one of one, and I bought a bunch of them. Wow. Um, but my collection mostly consists of those three autograph sets. I do. I did the tier one uh, clear. Uh, the rookie reprints the first couple of years when they had those. Um, and I do collect some base sets, usually base tops, base heritage. Um, a few football things. I like the football museum autographs as well. Mm. Yep. Uh, I I have a lot of graded PSA rookies from the 70s and 80s in football, football, uh, sorry, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, so it's nothing fancy though. It's not like, you know, I, I don't have any PSA. Well, I have a few PSA 10s, but they're not like, they're not even hundred dollar PSA 10. Rookies, right. I don't think. But nice. uh, most of the guys in the eighties, I'm at, you know, eights. I think my Michael Jordan rookie is the best PSA I have. But it's like a nine, but. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, uh, I had a Tom Brady nine contenders for years and years and years and years. The card oh. never moved. It never moved. Um, uh, he, he even won the fourth Super Bowl, and it stayed at around $2,000 on eBay forever and ever. And I had mine up for three years on eBay more as an advertisement at 2400 And, I mean, I never – I mean, I might get some $1,500 offers here and there. Then one day someone bought it, and I was like, shoot, I wish I wouldn't have sold that. Cause, <laughs> I mean, it's – I have another Tom Brady. I have some flawless stuff. Yep. But that one, I was like, man, it's a rookie, though, you know, and I like to collect the rookie graded. And now, I mean, I think one year after that, not even a year after that, the card was going like $20,000. I was like, what happened? I'm no serious. Kidding. I mean, I realize he won number five, but what happened? So it must have been one of those brute buy things or something because it was going crazy. Wow. But anyways, I've had major regrets over the years, but you can't keep it all, you know. You oh, never totally. Know. So. Totally, exactly. For for every one of those, there's twenty that didn't work out. Like you're yeah, glad you sold. True. You know, that's very true. Yeah. But uh, so uh, I mean, is Heritage top three product for you of year? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it was number two for a long time behind base tops, but for the past few years, because of the changes to the product, it's been number one. Awesome. And when I say changes, I mean you know they they went from it wasn't really a rookie focused product yep. to we're putting rookie autographs in here and we're putting rookie short print um, action variations. They're, they're not really action, but you know, the single poses, Yep. Um, those didn't exist three years ago. Well, mm. this is the third year, I guess, Yep. but they didn't exist prior to that. So that change alone made it go to number one. Awesome. What's number two for you? Flagship? Uh, still base tops. Okay. Uh, yeah. Although after this year, it, it won't be because series <laughs> one was not friendly to me. 
Um, and so I, you know, I, it, I don't want to seem down on this, but the number of products each year seems to go down on what I can do. Yeah. Um, they get, it gets tougher and tougher. And so used to, I would say, Oh man, there's 10 good products I can break every year in baseball. No, now there's only five and sure. Anybody can open a case and get lucky or, you know, get 10 cases and grind something out. You can, you can grind just about anything out if you are patient enough and have the time and want to do that. But it's not easy hmm. and it can be stressful if you do it full time like I do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's dig into that because I'm, I'm curious. I think most people have the perception that someone of your side, I mean, you are the largest ripper on probably in the, and, in the world. Tops baseball. Yeah. I mean, there's some others, I, you know, like two bros, they do like 10 cases of every product of every sport now. And they have, hmm. a, I think they have nine employees now. No and kidding. That's all they do. Mm-mm. And that's they're, they're humongous. They they went from zero feedback in a year to surpassing me in twelve months. They're over a hundred thousand now. They just are, or they're, if they're not at a hundred, they're at ninety. They're where I am. They've surpassed me or something. So in one year's time, and which so is interesting. Yeah, yeah. They they, they, they undercut break everybody. Down to every single card. So it's yeah, kind of different operation, but yeah, very, very true. Very true. So when you say that certain products now, the the number of products that work for you is declining, mm-hmm. why why exactly is that? I mean, obviously you sell to a certain audience and you have a, a, a select amount of buyers that know what you're going to provide sure. every product. What, what what exactly is Tops doing that's making it tough for you? Well, it's not just Tops. It's just you know everything. Yep. The eBay fees are higher. The postage is higher. Um, sure. Some things that I used to be grandfathered in on some certain things aren't there anymore. I still have all my offline business. I rarely lose customers there and I gain some, you know, through Twitter or whatnot. So that's not impacted, but mostly the production has been increasing on most products the past few years. And the content has kind of shifted to where they take some things out um, or they revamp like Gypsy Queen was a great product for me. Mm. And they totally revamped the product to where, Hey, there's no mini relics anymore. There's no, there's no minis at all in the product. And that was a, that product existed to have minis because right. it was a miniature card product. Yep. It made no sense to me. They drastically changed it. They did cut the cost, but it was still not there. Once they got rid of the minis, my direct customers, I went literally from having, I don't have the exact numbers, but I think 15 to 16 guys that did the sets with the minis to zero. Every wow. single one of them said, I'm not collecting it anymore. And so now I don't have the direct. So whereas Heritage, I can sell through 90% of my base sets direct. Um, I, I, with Gypsy Queen, everything is pretty much sold on eBay because, and I don't make hardly any money on eBay I'm on, on, uh, Gypsy Queen. So there's been some changes to the content of products. Um, the cost of products has gone or fluctuated and I've learned over time, especially with a product like Gypsy Queen or Allen and Ginter is another great example. When the design doesn't vary much from year to year, people just get tired of it. Mm. And I love Allen and Ginter. I would rather open Allen and Ginter probably more than Heritage. I don't know if I want to say that because people listening will crucify me or something. But and that's a strong word. I shouldn't <laughs> use that word either. I'm sorry, forgive. Uh, but I mean, you know, I love Heritage, but yep. Allen, Allen and Ginter is different. Has different stuff in it. Non sports people, you know, Serena Williams over the years or Michael Phelps or whatever. And yep. I just like getting that stuff. It kind of breaks up the monotony of it for me, and I. 
get to see new stuff and you never know what the next pack is going to hold. Whereas heritage is pretty much a slow grind. You may go, mm. you know, eight boxes in a row without an autograph and, you know, and now this year you may go three or four boxes without a Chrome card or something. Oh, so yeah, I, I, I like Ginter, but that one has, again, the design's not changed much. The autograph selection that they used to have, mm -hmm. if you look at the old Ginter checklist is nothing compared to what, you know, it is now it's, they, they rarely get a superstar outside of baseball. Mm -hmm. If they do, it's one or two decent names. The baseball checklist from 2010, 11, 12 was all Hall of Famers, and they pretty much wiped those out and put a bunch of you know young stars in it that sell for five ten dollars Right. Uh, they made the, the mini relic cards, which were extremely popular, um, especially even of the non-baseball. Uh, you know, they got rid of those. They, they short-printed their baseball ones, but now none of the you know, non-baseball or mini relics anymore. They're all full-size, regular-size cards. Uh, they just some changes, and plus the wood minis were missing last year, right? So, <laughs> anyway, so just products change, you know, and thing people's desires change. And yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that you know, that as people get older, they say, "I can't collect it all," and that's just sure. what it boils down to. Especially as each product gets more expensive every year, right? My costs are going up. The sets are getting larger. We see that every single year now. The sets are getting more difficult to complete. So they've got to pick and choose too. So yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it too. Um, with set collectors, I'm curious, do you, do you find that – I just – you know, I picture a set collector being typically a little older than the young collectors yep. who want the autos. Correct. Do, do you find it harder to get um, – to, to, to gain customers when set collectors are kind of like a dying breed. Is that fair? Are they a dying yeah, breed? That's very fair. That's very okay. fair. I think my average, I have hundreds of direct customers and there are a bunch of guys my age, your age, you know, around 40 or so yep. plus or minus five years. There's yep. a bunch of guys that do still buy sets for me. Most of the younger guys, our age, typically want team sets over full sets. Now for base tops, everybody wants a set. Right. Um, for the most part, but yes, the majority of, I hate to use the word, the term best customers. Cause I view all customers the same. I really do. I, I love a customer that buys one base set as opposed to a guy that buys everything with short prints, autographs, jerseys, uh, you name it. Right. Um, but my best or the people that spend the most money are all over 70. If I gave you my top 10 list, they're all over 70. Hmm. And they collect every product and they want every card and they pay big dollars. And I'm not just saying from me, but even from some stuff like like the throwbacks out of Heritage, right? We all know what those sell for. Right. Well, I've got five guys that I know that make that set. Um, a couple of them are younger. They're on blowout forms that people are familiar with, but three of them don't even use eBay. Hmm. And so I've had to even hmm. buy from other breakers myself to help them complete them, their sets um every once in a while keith overman will jump in and say I'm, i want the set this year brent and i'll sell to him and yep. try to buy for him so it just yes a lot of my if you will again they're not my top or my best but highest spending customers are all in their 70s um or older <laughs> so yeah that's always on my mind but you know I, if i don't sell it to them i'll sell it to someone or right. i'll yeah. keep it and i don't you know i don't mean it like i just I adjust my orders based on sure. what I have sold. So if they go away and people don't want them, then I'll just order less. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you're dead right about that. It's definitely a older clientele. Yeah, no. Yeah. Cause exactly. Cause you, I, 
just talk to different people and even myself. I think, man, I, I really want to get into sets. I do. I just have a hard time because I don't have I don't have the history. I think that's what keeps yeah. these folks in there. They exactly planted right. the roots 20 years yeah. into this. A lot of these guys say I have every tops card since 1952, you yeah. know, or I have every tops card since my children were born. Something like that. I've yeah. heard those things over and over and they continue that tradition. Um, but as far as a base set, most I mean, most of my direct customers. Sure. And again, I've got a list of it's around. 330 regular that you know purchase probably every release yep. in some form or another a lot of them want a base set but that's yeah, awesome cool stuff yeah all right let's let's dig into let's dig into heritage a bit and let's talk not so much about the product yet but i want folks sure. to kind of enter the world of brent and becca for a minute yep um how much are you ripping this year i have 60 cases coming in that's 45 hobby 15 retail Hmm. I will open all 45 hobby and I will probably open five to 10 of the retail. Gotcha. What, how does that compare to last year? Is that up or down from last year? That is approximately the same. It's more retail. Uh, the hobby is, ex and actually I had 46 hobby last year. <laughs> uh, I did order 50, but they told me I could not have more than last year, 45. I probably could have try to squeeze it out of them, but they would have just charged me more. And so it's not worth it. So yeah. 45 is plenty, right? So. Yeah, right. Exactly. So 45 yeah. cases. So you get your cases in whatever day that is this week, or you maybe already have them. Um, yeah. I try to pick them up tomorrow. Nice. So. What, what What's typically the first 24 hours look like for you? Great question. Um, opening the first two cases usually as fast as possible mm -hmm. sorting out the basic cards and when i say that i mean like one base set one one of each insert set and getting scans of those that yep. way i can get the basic stuff in my store with quantity and i just throw up you know three of each quantity or five of each or whatever it will be that i you know depending because some go in sets and whatnot i used to not sell by singles but so many people want singles and like yep. i mentioned earlier sellers like two rows and stuff sell by single so i do that more now um and I, I generally don't list any hits right away because i just don't have that many and you mm. know i i might i might list like maybe five or ten autographs the first night or something um if i can it just depends on how fast i can get it going yeah um but it's actually not as eventful as you think because heritage is a very slow open yeah uh, it'll be faster like it was last year if they you know put on the back of the cards you know what each variation is mm -hmm. um that sped the process up so much to looking at the codes every pack mm. um but it's it's a slow process i usually won't get but a handful of cases opened in the first day um which sounds very low they with base tops totally different i can do 40 to 50 jumbos in one day wow um but four or five, six cases of heritage the first day. And then from there, it just keeps increasing. Um, but I try to get the initial scans up, those kind of things. So gotcha. it's, it's kind of boring. I mean, it really yeah. is. If people, people always say, I want, Oh, can I come watch you? I get so many requests every year. I'll come help you. If you give me a box or something, you know? bring a pillow. I might. Yeah. And it's like, it's really not as exciting as people think, especially because people, especially today with social media and everything, they they see these hits on my Twitter or something. They oh man, you're killing it! But they don't realize that I just opened five cases to hit those two cards, and it's like I went 
three hours in between hitting a nice car or something. Yeah, right. And so sometimes it's deceptive, you know, when I'm only mm. showing the good stuff. If I showed every single autograph, they'd be like, uh, and I have sometimes, right, with face tops would be like, this is junk. And it's <laughs> it's so deceptive both ways, you know. It's it, it short of showing it just live open, which again, I think most people would get bored. Yep. Um, it's not like group breaking, which there's an audience that's engaged and and you're breaking higher and stuff with the possibility. I mean, heritage is not flashy, um, you know, so. Yeah. So so when you're opening, do you, are you the type of guy that opens a box at a time and stacks the cards? You open a case at a time? Do you have someone opening cards for you? How do you, how yeah. do you get through it? <laughs> I uh, open a case at a time. Um, and I, the, actually the very first box I open just by itself because I want to make sure that the odds are correct. You know, mm. like short prints are one and three. Okay. Do I have eight short prints? Did I miss anything just to make sure to get reacquainted? I'm not missing anything. Right. Okay. And then I open the whole case and I say, Ooh, this case yielded two autographs. This case yielded three. I'm just curious. I do have someone uh, helping me um, now. Uh, I've always had a friend that's helped me, but now I have hired her full time as people may be aware last July. Um, mm -hmm. So she will be opening and that's typically what used to happen is I would get the product in. I would open by myself. They would get here after work. My wife, when I say they, my wife and my friend, and I would come to the computer, do that scanning and get those initial hits or not hits, but you know, the insert, the basic stuff listed. Right. And while they're over there opening and then when I'm done, which takes me until that 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I go over there and say, Ooh, what did you guys hit? Is there anything we can scan really quick and get on eBay tonight? So that's why typically you might see 10 hits, you know, that first night, the night before or something that, you know, Oh, it's, he's got 10 cards and, and they usually go up pretty late at night. So gotcha. but now it's a little different with her here because she'll be here full time. Um, I don't know. We're just still working that out, but I should be able to have a little bit more open the first day, but still probably no more than four or five cases and get, get a few things up. So. Yeah. That's insane. I know people are probably thinking that is four or five cases out of your 50. It's, yeah. it's mind numbing to think about. I mean, cause it's not going to take you 10 days to open it. Obviously you're going to, you're going to no, fly. Not at all. No, not at all. Heritage is the longest product to open every year. I do have a, I keep a spreadsheet on this stuff. And last year was the longest it ever took us. And it took us six days. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's, again, so deceptive because it's so different now in eBay world than it was even just a few years ago. Now, this year, there's no way we're taking six days. We, I've got her full time, right? I, she'll be here. I, I hope to have it done within three um, and then the, the retail after that. Mm -hmm. But the, the reason I say it's different is because being a top rated seller on eBay, I have to ship daily. So like, for example, right now, I'm, you're going to hear a click here. because I, <laughs> I want to go to uh, my uh, awaiting shipment, but oh, like today it's we, it's we had 208 items to sell ship. Okay. I'm up to 152 shipments right now. So imagine that tomorrow night when heritage comes in, we have to stop at like 10 o'clock at night. We stay up all night long. When I say all night, I mean all night. Like my wife goes to bed at 11, 30, 12. Uh, Diana and I, it's my friend, my employee now. We, we stay up and we do shipping all night long. And when she wakes up at 7, my wife, she takes the mail to the post office for us. And, for example, this morning, we weren't done with the mail, were we, Diana? <laughs> 
we weren't done. And we didn't get done with the mail until 4.30 in the afternoon today because weekends are the worst because we don't ship. I do ship on Saturday mornings, but you have all Saturday afternoon and night, all Sunday. So, and now we're up to 152 labels as of this minute, and it's only 10.45, so my time central. So, you know, we have to wait for eBay's cutoff time until 2. So we still have another three plus hours to go. And I've got. And you're doing this stupid podcast in between, slowing you down. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I can't do these offers. No, it's okay. So, so, yeah. Little. uh, And that's why it took six days last year. I was very frustrated. I mean, I was very frustrated. I said it should never take us this long um, because, but the shipping, the amount of emails I get, I mean, are mind boggling. The tweets, I think. In the past 24 hours, I've had over a thousand either mentions or retweets or something, and I haven't even been on Twitter except for <laughs> right before this podcast just to say, "Hey, I'm going to do a drawing later tonight." Nice. But I mean, it's just it's just a lot of stuff, and I'm not complaining about it. It just it all adds up. So when people think, "Oh man, it's a slow process," it is because there's so much more involved in right. opening. It's the the right. sorting of it out, the scanning of it out. So yeah, it's. It gets crazy. It does. And and this is a perfect example of why most rip and flippers fail or just mm-hmm. can't I can't stretch themselves beyond the one or two cases, which is just fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. You know, this is a business. I won't dwell on this long, but someone doing one or two cases, I I think that's wonderful. Or even even four or five because yep. t- typically you're, you're, if you're going just for straight profits, your profit margins – your ROI, your percentage return will be greater because you'll get it open faster. You'll get it listed faster. You'll get the highest returns because you won't have 10 of one autograph like I will. And that one autograph might go for 20 on the first day or two or three. But by the time I'm selling my 10th copy two weeks later, I'm getting five bucks. That happens all the time. Right Now, I also am able to complete sets like Chrome sets. There won't be a single person on the face of this planet that has a Chrome set but me unless they – actively buy cards to complete it which obviously people will but i'm saying just from opening alone right because you're going to get four maybe five chromes a case that's it and so yeah you think oh brent that's only 20 cases you know maybe 25 cases yeah but collation on chromes has never been good Hmm. and i don't know anyone that's opening 20 25 hobby cases i don't know anybody i know some people opening retail but you know retail cases are smaller and blah 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 blah, you know but anyway so yep fine we can jump into the refractor set you know i'll be able to make one of those and you know a color a team named color swap set those kind of sets so it's i I get a little bit more you know roi from those kind of things because i'm able to complete those sets but the small stuff i have so much of it you know that it's depreciating value every case the set prices the the single prices the duplicates Hmm. so Interesting. So from, let's just say from last year's Heritage 2018, um, what percentage of cards would you say are still remaining from that break? Uh, Less than 1%. Okay, nice. So are you typically done, washed out of inventory within a month? Or does it take, over the course of the next year, does it kind of just dwindle away? Yeah, um, for Heritage, it's faster than most products. Um, Gotcha. I, I used to get rid of everything within three weeks. And wow. that's no joke. I used to break even around the week mark, 10-day mark, but that's back when eBay was allowing one-day auctions. So I would that's all I did was one- and three-day auctions on everything, every mm-hmm. single card, 99 – well, not 99 cents. So I, I, I am a big fan of minimum bids, even though it got me a lot of un, you know non-bids. Um, but 
I, that's how I used to list. So I had to completely shift my strategies, you know, a couple, two, three years back yeah. when they switched it to, hey, five days only or fixed price. And pretty much everyone moved to fixed price. Now, you do see some five-day auctions on stuff, but I noticed a trend of auctions. It, I mean, auctions can still go higher than fixed price. We see that all the time, right? right. I mean, I'm watching some select football first off the line boxes right now that continuously go above on auction higher than my fixed price is sitting there for days <laughs> and I don't even get an offer. That stuff happens still. But yeah. I've noticed when I've run the, – the beauty of what I have going for me, Tyler, is that you know I have literally – 20 of certain autographs or 10 of yeah. certain manufactured relics, I will put five in my store at fixed price and then I will run an auction for five days or auction for seven days. And typically I'm seeing that the auctions are going less and less each passing year. I'm getting less returns on auctions. So, you know, I try to do more and more on the fixed price. Mm. Um, that's not always the case, right? Especially on a hot card or a hot rookie. But so that's really shift my focus. So I don't go through inventory as fast. But heritage is popular. Um, so inventory breaking even can take months now where it used to take, you know, seven to 10 days, seven days was my goal. It, um, and then I would try to get rid of a product within three weeks. And you ask why three weeks, because typically in three weeks, there's another big release. Right. And that's how tops used to roll. Yep. Now it's, it's that way early in the year. Like now, you know, series one, okay. Four weeks heritage, right. And then Gypsy Queen, which is – I know there's opening day in between there, but Gypsy Queen is three weeks away. And so the set building stuff. So yep. it used to be that way, but now they have so many products, especially in the summer. It's faster, but it's a lot – and that's another reason the inventory is there because sometimes – some weeks you have two or three tops releases in one week. And it's like you know, people can only do so much at one time. <laughs> yeah. $1 can only spend so much. Yeah. It's faster now. Right. Yeah. So it's it's harder. I've got a lot of inventory left from last year. It's uh, my 2007, my 2017 inventory is confined within two rows of a four count monster box. Nice. And my 2018 is I think like eight monster boxes full, and that doesn't count sets. I have what, what, 50, 60, 70 monster boxes of sets. I used to never have leftover sets for any product. But slowly, my bulk order buyers off eBay have slowly been trickling back some or getting their sets elsewhere. So I really do need to adjust my orders, especially on base tops. It's just that because production's been up, stuff's harder to hit, and then I can't make the gold sets and foil sets. So I have to keep buying what I have bought, even though I can't. I used to only base my order off of how many base sets do I have pre-sold, and I would add 10% so I could get new customers on eBay Twitter or someone that had forgot to order whatever. Hmm. Now I'm having to order it based off, oh, I need that for the gold or the foils. But at uh, this point, I just need to start picking those up from someone else and, right. because it's it's just too much. Yeah. So it's, it's, you're losing money on the back end because you have so many extra sets. Yes, yeah. you're just sitting there. Yeah, Although exactly. there is a hope that they'll go up eventually with some yeah. rookie, right? Like the old updates that they have. So. That's true. That's true. So your, your break-even point, your goal was seven days couple years ago do you have a goal now with sets you don't you just i can't control it yeah and i got so many duplicates i mean i can't again that they're literally most tops breaks i the you know the most common autograph i will easily get 30 times and they're usually down to two three dollars within a week or less yeah and i can't get rid of them you know they just sit there so so how important are the hits for you in terms of kind of moving the pendulum a little bit on profitability for you 
what I what the things that I break, which I break all of tops, but mm-hmm. except for this ultra high end. Yep. The hits are the least important thing to me. Hmm. Um, because I my return comes from the small stuff, right? The sets add up, the parallels add up, the inserts add up. I've always said this and I, I don't think it has changed. The hits are the gravy. If I can break even, and people say this, I think on like on blowout, you can see yep. a thread where a guy's like, Hey, I paid seven fifty for my heritage case after I sell my master set, my base sets, blah blah. I'm already back to five hundred. And now I've got, you know, if I get any minis or any refractors or any whatever, you know, but I've always felt like all the small stuff should get me to break even. And then the hits and sometimes, hey, like with top series one, you get six autos in a jumbo case. They may be five dollars each. So well, your gravy, your profits, 30 bucks that one. But the next one, you might hit a judge and and something. And now all of a sudden you got a three, four hundred dollar, you know, extra. Yep. It just depends. But. Yeah, I mean, I love the hits. Obviously, it would be so much more boring mm. if there wasn't hits. So I, you count on them. But as far as the set building and the parallels and all that stuff, I mean, that's what adds up. If you, as a re a flipper, you know, if you're ripping it and flipping it, if you overlook those things or just throw them in a lot or whatever, then you know you're kind of cutting yourself short. I know it's going to take more work. It's going to take longer. But piecing it out over time or making it into team sets or player lots or whatever, mm. zig and zag where people yep. aren't doing things is my thing. Totally. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get better returns. Yeah. I love it. It's so counterculture to the hobby now. Everyone wants the hit. It is. It is. And I again group breaking is totally different. I try to tell people this. I am not opposed to group breaking whatsoever. And I've I've always told people I don't think group breaking competes with me at all. Yeah. It's it does more so today than it did a year ago, two years ago, because more and more group breakers are breaking the products I break, right? I mean, more and more are doing base tops now. I mean, a few years ago, I could find hardly anyone breaking base tops mm-hmm. um, or Heritage. But then people are like, whoa, Heritage is an $800 case? What's in there? A judge rookie autograph red inks for five grand? What? We're going to start breaking this stuff. <laughs> Um, it's in demand. And so it's, it's changed. I mean, and now that has increased production. So even if they might not be direct competition because of their buying levels, and especially to get allocations of other things, right? Like the Bowman's it, it has, has an impact now because of production. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. This is a, this is a dream for the new collectors. One uh, kind of enter the mind of a, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hobby veteran so let's, let's shift yeah yeah right to leave run <laughs> uh let's shift focus let's talk let's talk about heritage comes out two sure. days um let, let me just a couple open-ended questions and we'll go from there because <laughs> sure. we've talked offline about this already um what's to like about this year's product let's start with that it's heritage right i mean anybody <laughs> that's ever opened it knows it's it's a tradition um it's like going to no feel other. good. It's going to smell good. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I love heritage, right? It's just, it's different. Even though it's the same, it's different. It, it just, I don't know how to explain it, but I know that people that collect it and open it understand, you know, it's, it's special. Yeah. Um, the things that are to like this year, I mean, I've heard some rough stuff on it and I'm not just talking about the odds and production. I'm just talking about a lot of people don't like the design this year, but you know what? I'm I never look at that, and I maybe people say, "Oh, it's just because you're selling the product." No, because I collect too. But I, I just, I'm glad they're doing every year. Would you want them to skip this year? Because most people say this is one of the 
this is the worst design so far in Heritage um, to this point. But, oh, they can't wait for, you know, 75 or whatever, you know. And it's right. like, man, I, I want every year. So um, the autograph checklist, although there's not really any great rookies, right? I mean, there's a few good ones like Kyle Tucker and whatnot. That's It's got some good veteran names now or second-year guys, although second-year guys are in the real one checklist, I think, besides Acuna. But, you know, Otani and and um, Soto and, of course, Judge is in there. All those guys are in there, so that's good. A couple Hall of Famers missing that are traditional, like Koufax and stuff. Maybe they're saving them for high number, which they've done before. So, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's still going to be heritage. Um, So Hmm. I'm looking forward to the new box toppers. Okay, that's something good, right? I've never had a problem with the ad panel, but most people, most people highly dislike them. They don't see a point for them. Although, again, we talked about this earlier, my traditional 70-plus crowd, they love them. I can sell those cards. If you ever looked at my eBay, I don't have the ad panels on there very rarely or the sets because all the older set collectors love them because of the tradition. So I would sell sets of those off eBay at you know, a premium. But I'm looking forward to the Supers. They're super popular. The checklist is fantastic. Hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, the, we'll see how the market is on them. Yeah, they've exactly. got to be better than the ad panels. So, yeah, for sure. I, any other big changes that, that stick out? I mean, there's, there's not no, a lot. Not for the, I'm, I hate to say this, not for the positive. I mean, they didn't really add anything new besides that new silver metal that they call it, which it foil. turns out it looks like those are just unnumbered foil cards like they had in retail a few years ago. Um, the retail exclusive parallel. Um, that's the only real new thing um, outside of the supers and the box toppers. Okay. Um, so I think people will like those okay, but so far I've heard – I mean, we're going to have to see them, right? I mean, we got to wait to see them, but so far people are disappointed they're not numbered and whatnot. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see, see how the market reacts. Okay. Well, you're, you're itching to talk about the things that aren't so good. Well, no, no. I, <laughs> I try to calm down. I'm, look, I, Series 1 put a bad taste in my mouth, and I'm not saying I it wasn't it. a good product. I actually love the product. Okay, mm. I lo- The inserts were – in my opinion, my most favorite insert they've ever made for base tops. Hmm. I like the 150 years. I love that it was a big set. I love the photos. I love the stories. The iconic cards, of course, everyone's like, oh my gosh, iconic cards again. But you know what? Read the backs of those things because there's some stories on there that I didn't even know that they haven't maybe shared before. That I find fascinating. But anyways, moving to Heritage. So that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. The production on Hobby looks to be up 20%. But that's deceptive because that only impacts the hobby exclusive stuff, you know, like the gold chrome refractors and the actions, um, the black borders. But everything else is up 67 percent on the odds because of retail factored in. And so, yeah, that's got me down because when you're talking, I mean, I have the last year's wrapper in front of me here and, you know, and and this is a bad example. I can give two, but the, the throwbacks. Last year, and I should have highlighted these or something, but they're around 6,500 packs last year, mm-hmm. and this year it's almost 11,000. It's 10,879 packs. Okay. You know, that's that's for the extreme, but even when you, again, we go to the Chrome, which was 1 in 35 last year, um, and now this year 1 in 58, a 66% increase. Mm. That, it, uh, again, for the set builders that love the Chrome, and there's a lot of them, that hurts because it either means they can't get their set as easily or it's not going to be as cost efficient. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the same with series one. I had a lot of guys say, I love the set, but it's not as cost 
efficient for them anymore. They can't, yep. they didn't budget for that this year. Um, and not everybody has endless supplies of money. I imagine that. Um, but <laughs> what? And, yeah, but heritage is pretty much the same as last year. It's just stuff is going to be tougher to hit. Um, so anyone that's opening on the case level or box level, whether they're going to flip it or not is going to see less value just because, you know, you used to get it. Well, a few years ago, you got two chroma box and then, Two years ago, 2017, and I have that wrapper here. I study these things all the time. I always find them fascinating. Such a nerd. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, I love the numbers. But the Chroma won a box in 2017. And then last year, they went to one in 35. Same thing with, like, the actions, right? The actions were always one per box, and the color swaps were two per case. And last year, they finally went a little bit higher with the actions at one in 35, the same as the Chrome. And the color swaps at 205. But this year, the actions are, you know, one every 41 the color swaps are like every 245 mm -hmm. so it just all that stuff gets harder and harder and again those are hobby exclusive so it's only 20 percent bump whereas everything else that's numbered in the product is a 66 bump like the chromes like the chrome refractors um the number stuff they did remove a few things like the colored backs which i know some people weren't a fan of them i've done really well with some color backs i've sold several for 500 dollars. i remember getting some big rookies of those and there was a, there's two set collectors um and that's been kind of a tradition for you know several years mm -hmm. now so those are you know no longer um but you know they have the the french text back which i'm not sure exactly and this is where maybe my ignorance can i don't know anything at all to deal with the french text from the 1970 set um i will say i'm, I'm a little disappointed in some of the things Tops has done with Heritage recently because as you know the errors used to mimic the original set correct sometimes down to the card number it, it wasn't even a star sometimes but now they're making up errors they're not even they may mimic some but it's a different card number different team it's and they did that some last year and you know I'm curious to see what they're doing this year and it's great that they're the superstars but I kind of liked it when it literally, hey, card 413 in that set and 68 and card 413 in this set in 2017 or whatever it might be, right? Mm -hmm. It was it was that error. So, you know, last year we saw some, you know, I think the, the original set had those a, a rookie cup error or whatnot. Then they had a whole set of them last year. Like, okay. I mean, it was neat and I liked it, but see, they got rid of those this year. And like I said, the ad panels were gone, but at least they were replaced. Yep. But the rookie cup variations definitely are not on the wrapper on the checklist. And from all indication, they're gone, um, which is understandable because last year that was a special thing for 69. Yep. I understand it, but right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So, so no color backs. What was the other thing missing? Yeah. The rookie cup variations. rookie cup variations, the ad panel. But again, those are replaced. Right. I mean, even the color, the French text, I'm guessing that's a variation on the back that kind of replaces the color. Who knows what the market will be on that? We had the, <laughs> right. we had the Venezuela backs. That's what started this all several years ago, but they, you know, they were dark black backs, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they're always changing stuff, and that's great about Heritage. I do love the tradition of, hey, this year it's the scratch-offs, right? So those are new. We can, you know, last year we had Deckle Edge come back. And this year it's the scratch offs. Yep. So they replacing the deco edge um, and they're the hardest insert, you know, one, at a one per box ratio. So mm -hmm. 
I think those will be good. Um, I'm excited about those, but again, they're just replacing something right? Um, in the Deckle Edge. Um, I do wish the set was a little bigger because last year the Deckle Edge was 30 cards, but that could be a cost thing or, you know, who knows. Sure. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a minimal thing. It's not right. really a big deal. Right. So, so what's, I'm always curious about the dichotomy between you know, production increasing, the odds becoming harder and the values increasing for those cards too. What, where do you typically see? So maybe from 16 to 17 where Chrome and refractors are harder to hit. Did you see values increase enough to make it worth it? Typically I don't see values increase for singles. Now, I will say there, I think there's a big exception for Bowman products. Um, we've seen a big time surge in single prices of the autos, mm -hmm. you know, over the past few years. I think some of that has to do with the cost of cases. I think some of it has to do with group breaking. Have, a lot of it has to do with prospecting in general, right? Who's the next trout and people are just wanting those cards. Bowman seems to be a slight exception, but typically as cost, because we're not just talking about the odds increasing, Tops is increasing direct cost as well. Yet, looking at this year, right now, if you compare the pre-sell data to 2019 to, of 2018 using Terapeak data, base sets are down approximately $11 per set less than last year at this point. Master sets, if you include the full master set, are down around 20 to 25. And what's interesting to me is last year, the uh, 1 through 500 set, mm -hmm. just the 1 through 500 set, at this point last year on eBay, and this is when I say this point, I'm saying the week up to release. Yep. I had sold 11 pre-sell one through 500 sets on eBay, and everyone said it was the worst checklist ever because all the stars were in the base set. There was no good short prints, which was true. Um, this year, people are saying it's the best short print set <laughs> ever because every star is right. in the short prints only. There's none yet. I have only I finally sold one yesterday. I haven't had any offers on those sets. I've got it priced the same price as last year. And I'm looking on eBay and people aren't selling them at all. There's people under my price and they're not moving at those prices. And we even have 10% eBay bucks today. So I'm very curious as do the regular, well, not regular, but do the customers hmm. or collectors not realize that the short prints are that much stronger this year? Because, I mean, we're seeing some people with these pre-sell drop-down lists selling Soto and Acuna for 20, 25 bucks a piece and selling out. Trout, Judge, 10, 15 bucks a piece selling out. Um, I assume those cards will stay that that high for quite some time because the short prints usually do. Yeah. Um, we see what the second year Trout card has done, and I know he's Trout, so I'm not trying to compare anyone to Trout. But you have a lot of potential this year with Otani and, and Acuna and mm. Torres and, and Soto, right? This being their second year card, I mean, this is technically Soto's and Acuna's first card out of Heritage High, not Heritage High. So how much demand will these cards have in two, three, four years if their careers pan out to be, you know, halfway decent? This could yeah, be the, the card the if they have action variations this time, you know. And yep. again, it's not the rookie. Totally understand. But just looking at history, um, it has the potential to be a very good set. And so, but yeah, typically I haven't seen the values go up a lot. Um, I will say this, and I know this is going on a little bit too long. I apologize, but I used to be able to make, in my cases, roughly seven to nine Chrome sets mm -hmm. when the Chromes were, you know, like two per box or whatever. Um, and I would sell those on and off eBay. It just, the prices varied, usually between 250 and 300 dollars. 
Last year was the highest I've ever gotten for chrome sets, and I was able to get 375 for one of them, and the other two I made, I got 400 each. So yes, the value did go up. However, if anyone was just listening to that, you take seven to nine sets times 250, 300, and right. take three sets times the value for me overall is a case breaker yeah. is not the down same. considerably. Yep. Yes. Those guys are willing to pay more for the set. Why? Cause they're my direct customers off eBay and they know and trust me and they look on eBay and they say, no one has a set of this. And I used to, you know, a lot of people used to be able to buy like 50 card Chrome lots. Right. And like try to build a set themselves. Who's going to have that. Now? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, when you're getting four or five of a, a case, it's better to sell them by the single anyways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I do see some values going up, but, and again, not to hash on series one, those master sets are roughly four to five times. Well, if you take hobby, let's just take hobby, forget jumbo, a hot building, a master set through hobby this year, you got a master set every case last year in hobby. Uh, yes. Some cases were missing one or two cards due to coalition, but I mean, you had enough cards there to build one plus a few extras, but this year it's going to take you at least four perfect cases so four times more difficult and in jumbo it's five times more but anyways four times more difficult yet the value right now is only going about two times current ebay prices which is what 500 set. you're talking about a 500 price yeah i've seen some under 400 but yeah i mean not yep. under 400 sorry under 500 but yeah for the most part it's still over that and so yeah yeah the value of some things does adjust right the, but the market doesn't catch up fast enough does that make sense like I can see mm -hmm. series two selling a little bit better and maybe even update if they're still this difficult. Cause I've been hearing that there might be some changes already being made, mm -hmm. but if the market takes it, collectors don't realize this, the inserts are harder to get than before. Right. They may not even know that there's more cards this year, that the sets are bigger until yeah. they get them in. They're like, Whoa. So, Hey, I, they're used to paying 175, $200 for a master set. And then they see them priced like this. No, you know, the market sometimes takes time to adjust. And now, you know, maybe next year, if this is the same way, people may be willing to pay more because they budget or they realize, hey, this is a tougher set. And there's sure. not there's not 50 sellers selling five of each on eBay anymore. There's 10 sellers selling one or two sets. Each, right, you know? right, exactly. Or if they've been burned by the people they pre-ordered from who couldn't fill them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, but that, that is what surprised me about Tops, actually, is that I did not think the market was ready to spend thousand bucks i mean you sold a couple for a thousand and i sold one for 900 bucks right. that that to me was mind-blowing because i just didn't think the market would, would adapt that quickly and i didn't either i was shocked um and i had 40 master sets of series one pre-sold now i didn't i didn't tell anybody any prices i didn't you know commit to anything well there was a few people that you know i know really well that you know that same price as last yep. year or whatever Right. But out of those 40 people, I only ended up having six people say that they were still going to collect the set. Wow. Um, for the first two days, I had no one, and it really scared me because everyone, everyone's like, I'm done with base tops. I'm not collecting it anymore. Then. And these are guys, <laughs> that, again, they're in their 70s that have every single set. A couple of those guys said, I'll take a base set just to keep it going. But a lot of people said, forget it. I'm not buying anything. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to get really crushed on this because yeah. I have 135 cases. Oh, and, yeah. All my direct guys are bailing left and right. And not only are they bailing, but, you know, I was expecting to have roughly 80 master sets, 90 master sets. And I ended up 
I mean, after trading and buying that, I didn't open all 135 cases. Okay, I only opened 49, but I only made three master sets out of 49 cases. Now, I was extremely close to four more. And after buying and trading and whatnot, I got seven total master sets in 49 cases. But again, that couldn't meet my initial demand of 40 people that had already said they would take a set this year. So, and that meant I couldn't do team sets like I have. And I, I usually do 10 of each team set by a master team sets because I have 80, 90 master sets. I can't go through that. Plus prices drop, right? So I try to zig and zag and sell it different ways. I sell singles. So I break up 10 master sets to sell as singles. I break up 10 to sell as um, uh, team sets. So anyway, long story short, I lost a bunch of customers as a result. And I don't know if they'll be back, you know, if Tops does decide to change this again. You went from making 49 master sets out of 49 cases to making three. Well, if you're 16 problems, times yeah. harder. Yeah, but it's, I mean, again, I was super close on a bunch of others, right? I mean, but still, it's I, just I think like my fourth master set was missing four, three cards. So it was really close, you know what I mean? Yeah. But used wow. to, I didn't have to go get those extra cards. So they're like, oh, I got plenty. No problem. Not a problem. You know, but now I was like, I have to have those cards. I got to go buy them. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I want to. So I sold one master set on eBay and the other six all sold to the six guys out of the 40 that said that they would buy a master set. Um, so nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I vowed not to bring up Top Series One, and here we are talking about Top Series I'm One. Sorry, I'm no, sorry. No, that's not your fault. Heritage is Heritage is what's on the docket, and I I am more excited for it. Um, yeah. I really am. I nothing like Series One because it's first product of the year, and you get new design and all that stuff. But um, I'm excited for Heritage. Um, yeah, there's some changes. I I think overall it looks good, other than the odds are tough. So I just the pre-sale prices on the case, a lot of people I'm hearing that bought in for nine hundred or a thousand. I do feel bad for them because unless they hit a monster of an autograph, they're they're not gonna get their money back if that's what they're hoping. Sure. I I've added up every which way. You anyone can do this. You can make a spreadsheet and just say, Okay, what am I gonna get for the partial master set? Because you can't get a master set in the case, but I've seen people throw that whole number in there. What are you going to get for the base sets? And what am I going to get? It just, there's not enough per box this year because of the odds. Again, you're going from basically one chroma box you know, or a box and a half last year, not even a box and a half. It's less than that to every, you know, two and a half, three boxes this year. Mm. And it's not just a chrome. Again, take that across the board. You know, you're not getting 12. Well, I guess last year was 10 actions of a case or whatnot. You know, you're getting six or seven. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and this is not on top's fault at all. There's really no strong rookies. Yeah. I mean, that hurts for so sure. It does hurt. So. Yeah. That's, this is one of those years where the rookie class could have saved, it could have, it could have helped tops kind of manipulate the product a bit. And this didn't help. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to dwell on this, but what I will say is tops could have done something very simple. And the fact that if they would have just said, Hey, on the chromes, we're, we're doubling, almost doubling the odds. Why don't we go back to making them number to the year or, Let's throw in a new parallel like they've done before. That one year, if you recall, they, they used to they had the bright yellow. They had the yellow back, hmm. which were limited to 10, but then they added the bright yellow backs limited to 25 out of the blue, right? Because the mimic the that set that year were various colors. Um, so it's like, man, I wish they could have just thrown something new in the mix. Um, and they might say that's the silver medal, but, I mean, they're one every three cases, yeah. very limited. I would have wanted something, you know, on the box level. For someone that wants to go to the hobby shop, right, and throw down – 
a hundred dollars or ninety dollars say i want one box they don't want to come away with one jersey relic card out of there right possibly an autograph every four boxes or so and you know not a chrome not an action that's going to happen a lot mm. and that's unfortunate because there's not there's nothing else in heritage right you get yeah. one hit if you call the jerseys a hit and and now you don't even get a chrome card or you know or you know whatever so that, that makes it that makes it tough and i i feel bad yeah. for those people more than i would for myself because that's what the hobby's about for me <laughs> You you mean because you have like seventeen thousand boxes to open? Yes. yes. <laughs> that was really rough math there. Sorry. No, and that's what I didn't get about series one. If you're wanting to promote the hobby and get younger people involved, then why yeah. are you making it more expensive and harder to make it safe? Exactly. I don't mind it. The value's there, and the older crowd doesn't mind. They might have that disposable income. Um, and I'm all for tougher sets. I just think there's certain products to do it in, and certain not. People will disagree with me. I mean, again, I love the set. I think it's amazing if if a Topps Master sets a thousand dollars. That's great. That's awesome. But that takes your audience down from hundreds of people wanting mm. that set, which we've seen on eBay before, with hundreds of sell sold Master sets, down to like ten or fifteen sets, which is crazy considering the amount of people that broke that product in quantity. Mm. So no you know. kidding, no kidding. I don't I don't know if you remember this. You obviously remember this happening, but this. Um... This is about what seven years ago, eight years ago, when it was Ginter, when we, you and I were both breaking a lot of cases of Ginter, and mm. I had thrown out basically all my boxes. And I remember you mm. calling me, and you're like, "Hey Ty, you need to go back and check, get your boxes because they slipped a package inside of the right the boxes." I, I don't even remember the, the year. Box the box lid. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, they're not going to do something like that with Heritage, but. Maybe that's the hidden value. Maybe there's something that we're not seeing. You never know. You, I mean, <laughs> seriously, you never know. You don't know. That's true. And that's why, I, like I said earlier, I have to calm down a little bit. It's, it's initial reaction, especially after Tops 1. Um, it's just a, it hits me in the gut, and I'm like, whoa, this is going to be – I can't – you know, when I think, okay, I've got four guys I'm building a Chrome set for, now I have to go back and say, okay, I'm only going to build one, maybe two. Sure. Um so I have to explain that to them and tell them, hey, I, I know I just told you tops one. I couldn't get you set. Well, guess what? Now on the Chromes or whatever. <laughs> right. So it's that initial gut. But, yeah, there could be. And so yeah. and I wouldn't discourage anyone from ever buying a product because of something like that. Because you know what? You never know what's in the next pack, the next box. But the overall average value of a box or a case this year is going to be down because, A, the cost is up, and, B, it looks like the content is down. And, mm. unfortunately, it's a weaker rookie crop. I'm yeah. not trying to knock tops. I'm not trying to knock the product. It's still heritage. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be amazing hits and autographs come out of the product. No yep. doubt. Yep. And then everyone's like, someone's going to hit something. See? Like, I knew this product wasn't bad. This is a great product. Exactly. Well, let me show you my 45 hobby cases, and then you can judge for yourself. But, that was I mean, the no, best I, non-Southern accent I've ever heard you have. <laughs> that was awesome. No, brother. But, you know, it, it, totally. you never know what's in there. So you're right. There could be something. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. No doubt. Um, it is. Last question. What's the Chrome set going to go for? What do you think? 500? I, the two gentlemen that I have told I could do it, they, one guy offered me 600 and I said, of course. And I told the other guy, I said, hey, the other guy offered me 600. And he goes, I can see that. I'll do it. So. Oh, there you um, go. I need to try to build two sets for 600. 
I did have four sets that I would have sold for 400 each. So there you go. You lost one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite the same. Well, it's not that. I don't care about the money. I, I really don't. I, I it's just, don't just care two buyers you, do, you couldn't fill. Yes. Because I know these guys. I've been selling to them for over a decade. Yeah. And I, it's, I'm not trying to pick and choose between them. Sure. But I also know what certain people have for their budgets. And so I really hate that for them because yeah. I feel I'm letting them down. Um, I feel like sometimes they want me to, hey, can you keep the price down low? Which, if they would have told, if I would have had the sets and they said four hundred, of course. I mean, yep. no question. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me. I actually, briefly, I had a guy that wanted to cancel his whole order of Heritage because he couldn't get the Chrome set. He usually buys a Master set, the Chrome set, and the Purple Hot Box Refractor set for me. And he said, I'm going to cancel my whole order. And I said, look, I'll give it to you. $200 cheaper than last year. I won't have the chromes. If you want my extra chromes, you can have them. But I said, I, realistically, I don't even know if I'll have any because I won't even, technically, I don't have enough packs to get two sets. So I'm going to have to buy and trade to complete that second set. But I said, I'll sell it to you less just because I hate to see you go because he has every heritage set since 2001. Wow. And uh, he hasn't responded back to me. And this has been since Saturday. So it's been a few days or a couple days. So I'm, I don't know what he'll say, but, you know, I, I hate to see that and yeah. i mean that genuinely that's that's why i do this mm -hmm. and i know people say for the money yeah i do there's products i lose money on too there is but i enjoy the community and the people and i don't like not being able to fill their needs and that's why i order as much as i do it's an obsession and it gets me into some trouble sometimes and costs me a lot of work and sleepless nights but you know that's why i do what i do and why i every year say I need to find something else to do because I'm worn out. <laughs> We're going to have you back to talk about that. <laughs> a separate yeah, episode, okay. but no, I, I love it, man. I, I do. You are one of the great guys in the hobby and no, I, I love it. everything that you stand for. And obviously we, we share a lot of similarities in that, but, uh, right. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you. And, we're not going to yeah, let you go, you. though, until we close. I, I have four quick questions. We always do a little rapid fire, and I came up with some questions I thought would be fun to, to know about you. So. Sure. Okay. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite late-night snack since you're a late-night guy now with these, these rips and shipping and all this stuff? What do you, what do you go to? Um, that changes a lot. <laughs> what's the heritage uh, snack? <laughs> uh, you know, I love Swiss cake rolls, but, man, I can't, I can't eat junk anymore, okay? I just can't. So I'm trying to eat a little <laughs> bit better. But I mean, usually, I mean, pizza is always one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I guess probably because I can't eat as much junk food, which pizza is a junk food. I get it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll what? eat a little Debbie and then I'll go get another one. I get another one. But yeah, I'll say uh, uh, it's pizza, unless there's Popeyes okay. in the house. Hands okay. down, Popeyes. All right. I love Popeyes. Uh, that's funny. Chris from Top Shelf Bricks. That was his, his go-to was Popeye's. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, I love Popeye's. Popeye's a, a hobby favorite. Uh, what's your favorite thing to do with your kids? Wow. And you got four, right? Yeah. No, I have two. I have two. What? Um, yeah, I only have two. My boy and the girl. Um, oh my gosh. Hannah. Yeah, no, no. It, um, well, my favorite thing to do is go on vacation. I know it's, uh, I mean, on a, we don't get a whole lot of time together here because I am busy with the cards. I mean, I love to play board games with them. I love to take them putt-putt, you know, miniature golf. But to any vacation, I don't care to where. And our favorite is going on a Disney cruise, but anywhere because we're together. Um, we don't have the 
cell phone distractions necessarily. We we're, there's no cards, there's no work. And I, I don't care where it's to, even if it's a weekend away, uh, we've gone up to your area, Kansas City, many times because oh, yeah. it's a nice area and there's plenty to do up there. We love going up there for a weekend, but it's just so far and few between. But I would say going somewhere with them. Awesome. I don't care where it is just to be together. Okay. Love it. Uh, music. What do you put on the background when you're opening? What's your What's your playlist? Well, it's Christian music. It's a lot of... David Crowder is my favorite musician, artist, mm-hmm. um, and anything like that. But I mean, I'm any Christian music. I mean, it doesn't have to be the, you know, Cast and Crowns type stuff, which I love. But I mean, NF is probably my second favorite, which is a rap, Christian rapper. And I yep. do not like rap at all, but he is phenomenal. His story is amazing. And I have, I have known him before he was anything in the Christian music scene or whatnot, been following him for, you know, six seven years and now he gets you know 100 plus million views on youtube he's selling you know a million he was the number one album in the country his last album on billboard charts wow. uh, for his third album he has blown up he's big time i just hope that he keeps christ-centered um that's the most important thing because his music is reaching people and he knows this but so much better than anyone has come along in christian music for a long time hmm. especially because he's reaching hurt kids um, cause he's younger and he's gone through so much pain. And, uh, I just look up to a young man like that, that can sing about that. Heck yeah. <clears throat> bring people, you know, to Christ that way. Yeah. So. No, hundred percent. I totally agree. And if you're listening, don't stop what you're doing. And, and, and if you are listening, please stop worrying about cards. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. Last question for you. What's uh if you were to pick one star, Entertainment star, sports star, whatever, to spend a day opening Heritage with you. Which one would what would you pick? Who would you pick? Oh my gosh! No, I don't know who would even like to open cards. <laughs> uh, it need to be somebody with a good sense of humor. Yeah, it would. Man, I don't know. Well, if you want to go humor, as long as they're clean, because I don't know, I couldn't stand too much. You know, one word here and there, okay, but I don't know. But, you know, maybe Zach, what, uh, the hangover guy. Oh, uh, Galinthius? Or... Galinthius. <laughs> I mean, I, he's not even one of my favorites. I mean, you, you mentioned humor, so I said, I mean, I, you know, I like, you know, guys like Denzel in Washington and stuff like that, you know, actors like that. But, it, I mean, probably someone in sports, I mean, <sighs> Kurt Warner. That's who I would say. There you go. I mean, he's probably my favorite athlete, and I always thought his story was awesome. And you know, he may not be interested, but um, yeah, that's that's who I think I would pick. Unless Michael Jordan's free. Sorry, Kurt. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Unless the greatest athlete of all time is free yeah, today. I mean, sorry. <laughs> awesome. Right on. Well, Brent, thank you again. Yeah, good luck with uh, yeah, good luck with uh, the rip, and look forward to catching up with you in a few weeks. And it was it yeah. uh, Diane, right? Is she the one hanging? Diana, yeah, Diana. Diana. Tell her thank you for giving up some some time this evening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, brother. We'll talk to you yeah, soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right, bye. see you. Bye. Yeah. Bye.